How's it going, everybody? Special podcast for you guys today. I want to get the vibe right first. This is Just the Way It Is by The Rembrandt, and then we will get into the program. Thank you for tuning in. Alrighty, welcome to episode 91 of the Blake Mayfield podcast. I am your host, Blake Mayfield, and I'm here today with Joseph Moore, Navy veteran of 20 years, former Google employee, and now owner of Brights Engraving and Trophies, Sensational Tanning, CrisisCups.com founder and owner, and Boxed Escape Rooms here in Redding, California, and also the creator and host of the Facebook podcast, Four Guys on a Saturday, which premieres every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Joe, how are you, man? I'm doing great. One clarification, not quite 20 years, 16 years, nine months, and 28 days. Not that I was counting. <laughs> you said that before. <laughs> All right. 16 years, nine months, 28 days, and he wasn't counting. Sounds good. If you guys are tuning in, thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Downloading. Subscribe to the Blake Mayfield podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Overcast. Troy said I have seven streaming services I'm on. It's only four. It's only four, and I want to help you guys get to Are you five. counting OnlyFans, or is that not a streaming? Is that <sighs> Here's the thing. I'm not good with the video. <laughs> I, I think I have a great voice. Then you see me, and it's like, okay, we're not going to tune into this fucking guy no more. Uh, but, but yeah, OnlyFans does count. OnlyFans counts. Um, also, I have free podcast hats. If you guys want a free podcast hat, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram. My name is Blake Mayfield 23 on there, and Facebook is just Blake Mayfield. Send me a direct message, private message, whatever you want to call it, and I will get a hat out to you ASAP. And without further ado, let's get into it. So with a lot of guests, Joe, I usually start backwards and come forward i first met you about six weeks ago when we were doing the four guys on a saturday podcast my very first time we sat here for like four hours your phone literally died (laughs) troy called in uh pizza to good times they thought i was like some asshole celebrity asking for some free shit and it was a great night but i want to start in the present with you and work our way back because you have a lot of stuff that you're doing right now that i want to get to but a lot of stuff i'm interested in especially the google stuff and and serving in the world's greatest navy and stuff but four guys on a saturday man how did that come to be and i mean why did you want to do that in the first place i mean where did that all happen with troy and robert i'll tell you i've never wanted to start a podcast in my life it's never been a never been something we wanted to do uh, really stroke of luck. We happened to have Robert stop by the shop and then uh, Troy stopped by the shop and then Desi Baxter stopped by the shop and you had her on last week. Um, and then, man, I'm telling you the, the next two hours was just a blur of comedy and laughing and crying and it was hilarious. And we all sat back and said, wait a second, why are, why are we not sharing our, our gift with the world? So we, we decided to do it and we're, we're kind of, I don't know, free balling our way through it, so to speak. We, we don't have a, a structure. We just come in here, we talk, we we share what's on our mind and everything, and that's about it. And the whole whole idea with it being on a Saturday was that uh, Robert and Troy were talking to me, and I was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to do it this Saturday. And, and 
it probably came up about six times and Troy was finally like, how, how many Saturdays are you getting in a weekend? Because I only have one. <laughs> so we, we decided that when we were naming it, it was going to be, you know, three guys on a Saturday. And then I, I don't know if it was Robert or Troy, might've been Troy said, uh, we should call it four guys on a Saturday and have three guys on a Tuesday or whatever. So we settled on Monday seems to be the best day for everybody. Um, except for next week, we're doing it Tuesday next week. So I remember you called me up yesterday on the podcast and I, I caught me off guard because I was in downtown Reading. I had to like pull over because downtown Reading at 530 PM, any day of the week is kind of <laughs> crazy. And I didn't know what was going on, but when your name popped up, I didn't have your uh, number in my phone. You were right about that, but it said Joseph M. So I'm like, I know what this is. I know they're doing <laughs> the pod. So yeah, that was really cool. But um, why Tuesday next week? What's going on? Why not next Monday? Let's see what is going on. Oh, you know what? We tried to DoorDash margaritas last night from Cicada Cantina and uh, JJ couldn't support that. Uh, so we invited JJ to the podcast next week. So she's going to come down to the podcast. We'll have food. We'll have margaritas. And then I think you'll be joining us because I believe you. I you won't can. be able to, man. If it was Monday, I'd be able I'm to join you. I think you take the day off, man. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I know the owner. Well, it's not that. It's Sprouts. <laughs> they, they, I they do not know me. that owner. I, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you don't know Jack Sinclair. It's okay. You um, can probably get a protest or something going on down there and get you get you the rest of the day off we dealt with that last year man <laughs> we dealt with that shit last year with the masks it's all over i'll see what i can do i'll see if i can pull some strings i don't think it'll be that tough i know you guys do it at five already being ready i'll see what i can do because i definitely want to be here for that yeah i guess that'd be five people on a tuesday yeah i and, and i think troy might be inviting more people so it might be a full-on party i think uh they were uh gonna invite a couple other people so Weren't you guys I don't supposed have to that have... many friends, so like I just rely on other people to invite. <laughs> you are a busy guy. Did, weren't you guys going to have art, a uh, choice for an art? I, I think so. I think we have an idea where we're going to have a way of selecting our guest a very unique way, so stay tuned for that. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So also, how did you meet Troy and Robert? Because I barely know Robert. I haven't met him in person yet. Uh, his beard is as majestic as promoted and oh, advertised. It's, it's beautiful. It's the, it's, <laughs> that beard, man, gets me every time. You get a little choked up, you know? <laughs> um, you know what? We met Robert, my wife and I met Robert through his wife because his wife, uh, in her nine to five job does dealings with the trophy store. Um, and I believe that's how we met. I don't even remember. I believe the first time I met him face to face was the West camp fundraiser downtown in roaring Gulch where they were trying to raise money for West camp. And I went down there to help them set up. And that's the first time I met the, the team from United Shasta. And then Troy, we've kind of been in almost the same circle for a while. Uh, I met him originally through Rob Hansen of Kelly's. And then uh, seen him a couple times out at good times, just, you know, in passing and never really spoke to him. And then when they had the pizza truck during COVID at uh, Kelly's to do the fundraiser, I, I met him then and we talked. And it was just like, dude, how have we, how have we not been friends this whole time? Like, we are right. peas in a pod. <laughs> and... uh <laughs> Love him to death, man. His whole family is amazing. So he's he's good people like having him around. Yeah, for sure. What's like the goal of the Facebook podcast? Is it really just bullshit and fun? Do you want it to go somewhere, quote unquote? I mean, because you have a great setup here. I mean, you told me how much it cost beforehand. I thought it was fucking outrageous. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't invest nearly as much as you did. But this is a great setup. I know you want to like run the wires under the table, get a flat screen in here, make it like a Joe Rogan kind of feel. But what people don't really realize when they watch on Facebook how detailed this really is. They see the mic mounts and they see the gray wall behind you. And that's it. They don't realize when you come in here this is like a professional setup so where are you trying to take this man 
Uh, well, I don't know. We're, we're doing it kind of as a hobby. If it takes off, great. If it doesn't, I don't really care. I have so many uh, you know balls in the air that it doesn't matter to me if it takes off. Um, but much to my wife's disappointment, I'm a go big or go home kind of guy. If we're going to do a podcast, I want to buy the best equipment. Um, but we decided when we were going to do the podcast that we would set the room up professionally and then we would uh, rent it out like an escape room. So we'll we'll just let people book it. Uh, as they want to do their podcasts. You're going to make a lot of money off me if you rent it out for money. I hope so, we're charging you double. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you, man, you served in the world's greatest Navy for 16 years, nine months, and 28 days. I did indeed. What was that like? And why did you enlist in the Navy? I hated it. I hated every day of it. Uh, uh, You know, know, my wife and I have been dating since we were young. And uh, I grew up uh, on the government dole, so to speak. And there's, there's less favorable terms for that. Uh, and then, you know, I decided one day after a long night at Denny's with too much coffee and not enough sleep that I was not going to let my children and my family grow up in poverty. And uh, so made the decision. My best friend had joined before me but hadn't left yet. So then I went in and joined and ended up going to boot camp before him. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that I could provide. And then, you know, things didn't work out with my wife and I for a few years. And then we, we got back together later in life. And, you know, the... They, they dangle that money, man, and you're young and you're stupid. You know, I joined, and they say, we're going to give you $4,000 to join if you join today. And I'm like, man, I'm rich. I'm going to have everything I've ever wanted. So I did that, and I enlisted for six years, which was a four-year hitch with an obligation of two extra years for schooling. Then at that four-year mark, they're like, hey, man, you can drop that two years, add six, so a total of 10, but we'll still pay you the bonus for the entire six years. So it was like $45,000 at that time. Just broke up with my girlfriend at the time. I was like, ah, screw it. I ain't got nothing to go home for. So I enlisted. And then, you know, now you're at 10 years. Like, well, hell, I'm halfway there. Get that retirement and, you know, walk away. And so I stayed and then uh, got kicked out on a medical, you know, for a long standing medical, medical condition that they had treated me for for about nine years. And then just one day got a hair up their ass and said, you know what? We're, we're kind of done. So then uh, they kicked me out. It was great because I walked into an amazing, amazing opportunity after that. So what made you, it wasn't like a thing like, oh, like, like I don't know how old you were. How long ago was this? That I you joined in 19. And okay. Then, yeah. Got out. I don't know how old those was. So this wasn't some Iraq war bullshit. This is like. I was in the Navy. I mean, we, we did OPLAT defense, oil platform defense in uh, Iraqi waters and stuff. But uh Minus a couple Iranian gunboats coming at us that they wouldn't let us blow up out of the water. We didn't really have any action, um, which is fine. I'm okay with that. I mad respect for the guys that go in the sandbox, but uh, it's not for me. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Did you go in with, like, I want to major in something? A lot of guys, like you said, when you're 19, you know, you're, you're young and dumb and you want to get money and stuff. But a lot of guys also go in to get, like, degrees. Like, oh, you'll pay for my college or you'll pay partial. Like, was there something you wanted to go in for? Like For me, it was uh, the means were financial. It was all about that. And I actually tried to go in as a cook. Um, I actually started culinary school at Shasta College. And then hmm. I was working full time. My parents went on the road when I was a teenager and never came back. So... I was uh, living on my own, driving driving my mom's car without a license and and all of that. And uh, so it came to a point where I either had to quit school and work or quit work and be homeless and go to school. And, I, you know, I had family and friends and pseudo family that would have taken me in. But it was just a decision at some point where school wasn't going to work out. Uh, so I tried to join the Navy as a cook, and they said, no way. We, we won't take you in as a cook. You're, you're too smart for that. And I can tell you after 16 years... <laughs> They were right. <laughs> um, so I did electronics, uh, radar, communication, navigation. Did a great job at it. Hated every minute of it. I hate electricity. I hate I hate all of it. Really good at it. Hate it. So 
it's irony at its best. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't heartbroken to get out. And then, like I said, I just had a, a great opportunity, great timing when I, when I actually got out. I'm 22, man. I'm having a hard time right now processing. What made you get up every day and do that shit for 16 years, even though you hated it? What the fuck got you up in the morning? Well, once you sign up, you don't have a choice. They make you get up and do it every day. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, you know, the, you know, I'm not gonna lie. The pay wasn't bad, you know, for, for somebody without a degree. I ended up getting my AA in there, um, was about to start my bachelor's right before I got out. Uh, so that didn't work out. Um, you know, the pay wasn't too bad living in Hawaii. I was making just shy of a hundred grand a year, mm. you know, which it's Hawaii. So that's not, that's not great money. It's like 40 grand a year. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, we were still, you know, tight, but I mean, I lived in Hawaii, you know, as much as I hated the job when I got off work, I was on Oahu. So it wasn't, you know, terrible. <laughs> right. But it gave us a lot of opportunity. You know, we bought our first house using, you know, in the military and I got married, had two kids in the military. I mean, the opportunities were there. I just despised the job and, uh, I didn't fit their mold. You know, you get in there, you do what they tell you to do and you conform. And, you know, I, I made it to an E6 first class and my, my bosses didn't like it when I'd ask my juniors their opinions or their thoughts. And they said, you're the first class. You make the decision. I said, you're damn right I will, but I'll do it with the inputs of my juniors. Because being in the Navy for 16 years doesn't make me intelligent. In fact, one could almost argue the opposite. Um, so if somebody comes in there in E3, you know, maybe they're 20, 25 years old. They, they may know more than me. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. So, but uh, that's not the mold that the Navy wants. The Navy wants you to take charge, be authoritative, and it doesn't matter if you don't have the knowledge of other people. You you fall in line or you fall out. And so I fell out. So electronics and stuff like that. It, has that always been a passion? Did you always want to be like an entrepreneur? Because I mean, you own four goddamn businesses at once. I mean, that's a lot to juggle, man. But where does that come from? I have from a young age, were you always into like Nintendo and stuff or, or like, where does, where does that come ne from? Never much of a gamer. Didn't like electronics, just scored high enough on the ASVAB that that's the job they trained me for. Um, good memory, which helps, you know, I have a, an ironclad memory. My wife hates it. Uh, so yeah, the memories there, the, the attention to details there, it was a good fit for me. I just didn't like it. Um, okay. as far as entrepreneurship, I've always wanted to own my own business. I, I've always wanted to be the master of my own destiny. And I saw my dad do that for a short time when I was younger, owned his own truck and was, was doing better than working for somebody else. Um, but the bottom line is, man, I got a mouth on me. And now that I've worked for myself, I don't think I can work for anyone else. Do you guys ever, because there, there's, and I feel like it's because when I'm here, I have a big fucking mouth too, but there is some shit that we say on the podcast here sometimes that I'm like, I don't think that's going to go over very well for the right person. There was a situation about a month ago where it was me, Troy, and his daughter, Gab. Shout out to them. I, I'm sure they're going to listen to some point where we were talking about another business and stuff, and it got back to them. And for Troy, I think he got away scot-free, but <laughs> I, for me, I don't think so. Do you guys ever, like, fear that? Is that a thing that you're conscious of? Like, oh, I can't say certain things that will affect my business. Or are you just like, fuck it, this is what I feel like, this is who I am, and if they don't like it, then I don't want their support anyway? A little bit of both. I think uh, okay. I'm, I'm always a little hesitant. I look at Troy and I, I, I really look up to him and you know, you got to look at him and say, man, he's, he's done well. He's, he's got, Fuck yeah. he's made it, you know, he's a mentor of mine as well. And he's not, he's not slowing down. And I think that's awesome. Right. But he, he can sustain a little more damage than I could. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at the same time, my clientele typically aren't the type that'll be tuning in. And if you are at all engaged with me on a, uh, on a non-professional level, you know what you got into. Like I'm not, I'm not one. And, and we joke about that at the trophy store because, you know, my wife used to run the front so she could handle the customers. And I, I don't 
I don't do as well with that. I'll look at you dead in the eye and be like, get out. I'm, I'm not. I don't. <laughs> yeah. So she's a little more professional in that aspect. But I think you, you sign on for it. And honestly, for every person that may not like it and may walk away from my business, I think there will be two that respect the honesty and come in for that, that fact, you know. So I'm not too worried about it. I, I do reserve a little bit and I don't, you know, I try to walk the professional line because I'm also not in the, the mindset that I want to, uh, I'm not intentionally setting off to piss people off. And I don't want people to not like me, but at the same time, if you don't, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah, for sure. I just, I remember the first time I came in, you and Troy were just like, just don't hold back, man, to just say whatever you got to say, be honest. And it went three and a half hours, man. I cannot believe still it went that long, but I feel like everything that we talked about and stuff was so real. And here's the thing. Part of the reason I started doing this podcast thing was because I never had a ton of friends. Okay. And I'm hitting this point where the reason why I like talking to Troy, I like talking to you guys so much. I'm always bugging the shit out of you guys is because I feel like I watch a lot of motivational videos like, you know, guys like Dan Pena or guys like, you know, even like a Rogan thing or whatever, where they say, you know, if you want me to tell you what your future is, then I'll show you, you know, uh, something about the friends. I I forget the quote, but it's uh, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. That's what it is. So I feel like you got to surround yourself with like minded people. I want to own shit. I want to do good business, whether it's in Reading, whether it's, you know, across the globe, whatever it is. So I feel like you guys are the right people and you guys have way more life experience. You guys have fucking kids my age, which is a good thing. I can meet some friends. I can also get to know you guys. Not quite your age. I'm not that old. (laughs) Troy is. Troy is definitely that old. (laughs) But point being, and I don't mean to ramble, but I just feel like, you know, I'm at a certain point in my life and stuff where, you know, they say in a midlife crisis, it's a battle of who you are presently and who you want to be. And that's the whole battle. I'm not saying I'm in a midlife crisis because I hope I'm not, but I feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm battling the person I used to be and the friends and the situations we used to do and stuff. And I'm also battling who I actually want to be. And I think you have to do that. It's like a business, right? You don't, you don't walk into a business and just work it every day. You walk into a business, you say, where do I want this business in five years? And then you map it backwards. And I think human human nature is to do the same. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to ride Troy's coattails as long as possible. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, Those I aren't bad to, coattails to ride. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> nah, um, I, I, I love owning businesses. I there's There's a lot of stress that comes with it. But I get it. I mean, you want to know where you want to be. Because if you don't know that, you shouldn't do it. I mean, it's kind of with a family, right? If you don't know what your end game is, if you're not looking at your your wife and saying, I want to sit next to her at the, on the rocking chair, you know, when we're 80, if that's not what you're looking for, then, then don't do it. Because you have to know what the end game is. And for us, it's to build our business empire and put a big, good team in place and walk away and just let the, the residuals come and leave a a dynasty of sorts to our children. My daughter will own the tanning salon when she turns 18 in a year and a half. That's the goal. That's always been the goal. We bought the tanning salon. We said, let's, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build it up. We're going to make it better. We're going to make it bigger. We're going to make it newer. And then when she turns 18, it's hers and she can put herself through college that way. So I think I, my wife probably disagrees. She probably thinks I just on a whim decide that I'm going to buy a business, you know, and, and for the record, we're not wealthy by any measure, but we've gotten, we've fallen into some really amazing deals. Um, and it's working out for us. I, I think that's, I'm hoping that's karma, that it's, that it's going to keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. But I think that's what it boils down to. I mean, if you if you want to do business, do it. Just know that it, it takes it takes guts. It takes a, a thick skin. And I'll tell you, when we were talking about buying the tanning salon, my wife and I were driving to Dry Creek Station to meet family. 
And uh, she told me, she's like, what if, what if it fails? I said, well, what if it does? She's like, well, then we've lost a business. I was like, okay, let's look at it this way. We could liquidate and still make money. Second of all, what if it doesn't fail? What if it, what if it's epically successful? And so far it's been, I won't say epically, but it's been very successful for us. So I said, you know, at that time, you know, we had our, our rental house still. And uh, I said, worst case, we, we take my disability. We move in the rental house. Bills are paid. You know, utilities, food. We owe people a ton of money because we failed. But, I mean, so we owe people money now. The difference is we make the payment every month. You know, so take that chance. And if if we fail, then we'll be sitting there on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock drinking our coffee being just telling each other, hey, remember that time we were so stupid and we owned four businesses? How fucking dumb was that? <laughs> you know, if nothing else, it's a story, you know, and right. And that's the way I see it. I, I didn't make it to 20 in the Navy, but I got a story out of it, you know, and it, it's all about life, man. And it, it, you got to be able to roll with those punches and you got to know that, you know, some days it, it's going to feel like you're going to fail. And I mean, if any, <laughs> any business tells me that the last year didn't scare the shit out of them, they're lying. Right. So, I mean, you got to be able to roll with that. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was my second point in all this. I feel like you guys, you and Troy specifically, I don't know Robert too well. That's the only reason I'm leaving him out of this. But you guys, it seems like it is a legacy thing. You guys always talk about, like you just said, passing it to your daughters, passing it to your son. Like that's also something that I try and discuss with my family, man. They do not get it at all because they don't own a bit. And I love my family. I'm not here to trash them or nothing, but they don't own any business. They're cool with being employees. I'm the exact opposite. I need to pass some shit along to you know, my kids, or if I don't have kids or whatever, pass it to a little sister, pass it to someone. Right. That's my whole thing, the, the legacy thing. And I think that's really cool that you guys have that. And like I said earlier, I feel like I need to surround myself with the like-minded people. I find myself not hanging out. I have maybe two or three friends, man, you know, <laughs> and, and people say when you hit 40, Mr. 50, 60. popular over here. <laughs> I talk to tons of people. I'm friendly, <laughs> but as far as going to get a drink, as far as watching the game, as far as discussing ideas and events and stuff, Two or three people. I'll yeah. go to your house, two or three people, or people I'll invite in. It's very small, which you know I, I have no reservations about. But I feel like that's really cool. And I feel like that's something that I personally I got into this that you know for that reason. Like talking to people like Desi the other day and people like the mayor of Reading, the mayor of Anderson. Like, you know, I, I don't mean to brag or anything about it, but like I need those connections because there's shit I want to do and help with. I was right. born and raised here. You know what I mean? Like I want to see this place do better and it's doing way better right now. I feel like we're in a renaissance period. And a lot of people want to sit back and just watch it get better without doing it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you mentioned be, being around people. You know, they say you can judge your success by the people you're around. But I, I, I try to teach my kids, man, if you're, you know, when I was in the Navy, I was an electronics technician. I scored high. And I'm, and I'm not conceited at all. If you know me, you know, I'm not. Um, but I used to say that I was in the top 10% of intelligence in, the, in any room in the Navy. And then, you know, I got out and I worked for Google and I, always tell my wife I shouldn't even be open the door to the room. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not qualified. And there's actually an entire uh, study built around it called imposter syndrome. And uh, people suffer from that. And they just have this idea that they're not good enough. And it doesn't matter how good you are. Like I know engineers making millions of dollars a year that just look at themselves saying I shouldn't be here. Um, but I do try to teach my kids, man, if you are the smartest one in the room, two things you should be teaching others or you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Get out you of know, that like room. You, you want to, Surround yourself with people that are better, bigger, faster, stronger, smarter than you because that's how we grow. Yeah. So um, I, I think that that plays into it is and, it. and if my legacy of my businesses is not the actual businesses, but a work ethic and an understanding of how business works and how relationships with other people work, 
that's enough for me. But my kids will learn something from it. And uh, I think we've done a great job. My son's a little young. He's 10. My daughter is 16. She is right now, while we're in this podcast, running my business. She's making decisions. She's placing orders. She's taking jobs in. She's directing my employee. So I, I, I think that's a, I'm going to call that a win because I have no doubt. You know, I have my phone here if she needs me, but she'll run that store just as well as I will until I come back. Yeah. So I think if, if nothing else, that work, I think, you know, and she's got a job right now at a restaurant in town and she's, she's dead. I want more hours. And I've asked, what do I do? And I said, well, you put it point blank. You tell her I need more hours. This is my goal is to have this many hours. If I can't get it here, understand I'm going to find it somewhere else. Right. We can pause this real quick. Don't worry. We got But if you, uh, if you ring, uh, <laughs> ring Blake's phone, he should be able to, <laughs> you should ring Blake's phone. We can have you on Bluetooth. Why what? <laughs> hey man, you're welcome to show. You know where we are. <laughs> I'm only here for a little while longer, Troy. So you gotta hurry. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, bye. See, Troy. Alrighty. <laughs> so <laughs> he's tuning in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So transition though, I, and you brought it up. Google Stories, man. I want to hear about this. So you serve in the Navy for sixteen years, nine months, twenty eight days, and then age what thirty five, thirty six? Is that when you go to Google? I mean, how long 36, ago? Six, yeah. How long ago was the Google job? And, and did you live in Cupertino? I mean, like, where'd you live, man? Like, how did that Apple, work? That's uh, Apple, Google's okay. Mountain View. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Rookie. Uh, no, so <laughs> a, a funny story about this, you know, um, we're on Oahu and there's a hiring fair, not a job conference, but a hiring fair where they say everybody's going to get a chance to interview. And the problem is it's in San Diego. Well, again, you know, airfare and all this. So, they, so I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do this. They tell me I'm getting kicked out. I'm going to go check it out. So I sign up for it and they're like, hey, you need two suits because it's two days and you can't wear the same suit twice it's it's a bad look and i was like shit man i've never worn a suit in my life so we go over to you know men's warehouse and we get our suits or get my suits and then for three thousand uh, dollars it, it was not cheap it wasn't that much but it wasn't <laughs> cheap uh and i've not worn them oh, i've worn them once for a funeral since uh mm. but um and then i i bought the tickets and I, I reached out some old navy friends that are married now and i was like hey can i crash at your house and they're like yeah you can crash at my house and you can use our cars so then I, I went to San Diego, stayed with them, got to hang out with them and their kids. And I did this hiring fair, man. And they, you know, they go in the first day you're in the room and it's just all intros of businesses. It's like every business gives up, gives their elevator speech. And of course, Google wasn't there. Um, so I, I signed up to uh, interview with a solar company and a, a company called ASM. AMS? ASM. Mm-hmm. And they make the machines that make microchips. So when Intel has a fab of, factory they their machines are supplied by this other company so then they ask everybody who wants to interview with google well of course everybody wants to but they say there's only going to be like eight of us so i'm like i'm down so then the next morning the interview sheets come out and i've got those three i've got ue solar ams asm and uh, google so my first one is asm and i go in there and they're like here's a schematic i want you to walk me through the the signal path i was like oh i got this so I go all the way through it. I'm confident. I'm, I'm nailing it. And then I look and I realize that I, I called something a servo when it was a transformer. And they're very similar in, in Navy drawings. So 
He's like, are you sure? I was like, no, I screwed that up. He's like, yeah, you did. And that was pretty much the end of it. Like they, there's no room for air there. So I was like, all right, whatever. My, uh, a a girl I served with in the Navy in in Hawaii was at the same conference, ended up getting that job, still works there. So then I went to UE Solar and they want, they want, they were hiring for a team to install solar panels in fields. I was like, I can do that. I mean, it can't be that hard, right? So I went through the interview and they said, man, we, we'd love to have you on, but you're just going to quit. I was like, well, what do you mean? And they said, this job's below you. Like, this is, we're, we're looking for installers. You're looking for an engineer position. I never really thought about that, but I was probably a bit overqualified, but whatever. So with the, you know, maybe false promise that he'd call me if anything came up on the actual engineering side. And then I went to Google and I was interviewing for Loon, Project Loon, which is uh, space balloons. And I went in a, the guy shows up running late, you know, shirt half tucked in and, uh, like immediately he's like, oh, I'm from Loon. My name is Palm. And he's like, uh, says you're here in the military. I was like, yeah, I'm in the Navy. And then we spent the entire interview talking about military service. And he was a, he was a Marine. Mm. So then I walk out and I'm like, well, shit, he didn't actually interview me. Like, I don't, I don't feel that was a great, great look. <laughs> like, I, I guess not. So, you know, I called my wife dejected. I was like, well, it is what it is. I got some experience. I'm going to go home. So it was probably a week and a half later, the headhunter calls and they said, Hey, uh, Google wants to interview a second interview. I was like, holy shit. So my second interview was a guy named Matt and uh, super dry. Like, it just felt painful. Like, like, yeah, it was, I have some analogies for that, but not appropriate. Mm. Um, sandpaper condom. Like it did not feel like a comfortable experience. <laughs> so I hung up, you know, and you know, my wife had taken the kids upstairs and I'm doing all via uh, Google hangouts. And uh, She said, how'd it go? And I was like, I, I don't think so. I don't, think that guy liked me at all well then like another week and a half two weeks go by and get another call like hey we got another interview for you three interviews so i'm like all right let's do it and like, i didn't think the last one went well but let's do it so i'm have the interview with a guy named sagar kamdar and uh total opposite totally just making jokes hey dude yeah man like it's really cool man like loon's mm-hmm. a really good job like just totally opposite the last guy laid back but I couldn't get a good read. No idea. So I'm like, all right, maybe. I don't know. So then they uh, they call me a couple weeks later and they're like, hey, we got another interview. I'm like, man. Jesus yeah, Christ. Is this just like a professional interview job? Like, this is what <laughs> I do, right? So thank God I didn't Google any of these people. So they said, the next one's with Mike Cassidy. And I was like, oh, Cassidy. My thought was the Partridge family, right? You know? <laughs> the Cassidy from there. Yeah. So I, I go into this interview with him and he says, hey, just tell me how your day goes. I was like, well, I wake up and I go to work. He's like, oh, you just get out of bed and go right to work. I was like, well, no. He's like, well, then what do you do? I was like, well, I get ready for work and then I go to work. He's like, what do you mean you get ready for work? And I'm like, okay, I see where the, I get up, I take a shit, I wipe, <laughs> I shower, I shave, and I walked in and I don't think we made it to 10 o'clock in the morning as far as what my day was like. And then he's like, all right, great. Well, um, look forward to working with you. Mm. I said, well, there's a, there's a promising one, right? Finally, some feedback I can, I can feel. So then I, I get off the call and I look him up and he's the VP of Loon. He's the, the guy in charge of Loon. And they're called VPs because they work for Google, but they're vice president of that project. Right. So I was like, all right. So I'm at this point, I'm stoked. I'm like, all right, because I'm already enrolling in, uh, oh, what is the school? DeVry, right? I'm like, I got to do something when I get out. So then about a week goes by and they call up and they said, hey, um, we got another interview. 
dude. I was like, this is the fifth interview. Right. I'm like, who, who is it now? Is it Larry Page? Like who's <laughs> right. Who's yeah. Interviewing me. And he said, uh, well, they want the lab to interview you to make sure that you are competent in your electronic skills. All right. Well, I did electronics in the Navy, but the honest to God truth is I excelled very quick and became a supervisor pretty early in my career. So now I've got six days and I'm flipping through every electronic book I can get my hands on trying to remember how to read resistors and all this. Right. So I'm cramming like a, like, Oh, it's terrible. Like a, like a college kid, man. So then the morning of the interview comes and the headhunter calls and he says, Hey man, we're not going to do the interview. I said, well, I respect that. Got a lot of experience, met some great people. I mean, who can say they interviewed for Google? I'll take that as a win. He's like, what? No, 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 no. You you got the job. We're just not going to do the final interview. Mm. So I was like, holy shit. Like now I'm like, I'm unenrolling from DeVry. We're changing where we're going to, you know, move to and start looking for a house in the Bay Area and stuff. So yeah. And then uh, got out of the Navy and I moved into a, an apartment in the Bay. Stayed there for about a month by myself, just living on the floor until our stuff could come out. And then my family moved down. We lived there for a year, but I was commuting to Winnemucca, Nevada, which if you don't know is a mining town about two hours east of Reno. And there, it, it's really just restaurants and mines. There's nothing there. Uh, but they built a big facility out there. It took me about three or four weeks before I saw my first balloon go up. And I was beginning to think that we didn't actually launch balloons. It was some human experiment. Um, mm. But yeah, spent five years, did 18 months as a contractor, technically working for a deco. And then I got converted to a full-time employee. And then worked there for another three and a half years. Okay. So Yeah. Putting space balloons up to the edge of space, man. Providing internet to third world countries. Is that what it was a part of? Yeah, it was Project, Project Loon. Loon. Yeah, huge tennis court sized balloons carrying essentially cell phone towers. And we, uh, little known fact is when uh, Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, we had a launch site down there at the old Saba uh, Roosevelt Roads Navy base. And when they lost their infrastructure, we launched balloons and uh, or we brought balloons back that we had launched and brought them back up online with cell phone service. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Big feather in our cap. Yeah, for sure. What was the number one country you guys were most proud of or surprised that you were able to give Internet to? Um, well, right before I left, they were going to Kenya, which was a big deal. Um, but I think. Probably the two best were, were Puerto Rico, being able to bring them up after the natural disaster. And then shortly after, we brought Peru up after the earthquake. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. The so, humongous earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the the humanity side of that. And they, you know, Loon, Project Loon became Loon LLC and then folded um, earlier this year. Uh, Why is that? Do you know? Yeah. Their burn rate was like $250 million a year. And uh, they were great at what they did. But the trying to get cell phone companies to partner with us to cover that rate to bring, you know, a village of 30 people internet just wasn't a priority. It was a priority for Google because they do really try to do good things, but trying to partner with people that their goal was money didn't work out very well. So it was a altruistic and they, I mean, they developed some amazing side projects like the software that steered the balloons and all that. And they'll make millions from that. They will, they will definitely profit from it, but it, the project as a whole wasn't, viable okay so i do this every podcast man i gotta do it to you too i like grilling people a little i like asking the tough questions i like tough answers i'm not gonna sleep with you <laughs> what is some of the most i don't want to say confidential 
But does Google really like steal info and do they really like invades on people's shit as much as we all think so? I mean, I know you probably have a non-disclosure somewhere or a couple of them that you can't talk about certain things, but like since you were in the building, man, I mean, is Google really like one of these evil companies like an Apple, like a fucking Samsung, like a Microsoft where they're just here to take over the world, steal all of our shit? This you is going to sound terrible. So anytime you're trying to do humanitarian things on a global scale, there's things that have to happen. And I know people don't want to hear that. Um, but full disclosure, I never, uh, I rarely worked in Mountain View. I worked in a double wide trailer without bathrooms or uh, sometimes no air conditioning in the middle of the desert. Um, so I wasn't privy to that side of it. I will tell you that, um, and this is all public information you can look up, is that Google had worked with, done a tour with a balloon company prior to developing Loon. And some of that information um some of that information was contested in court and they were sued. Um, I don't know what the outcome of that was. It was always a concern for us. You know, I, it's tough in technology, right? Because if you, it, you know, they launched a balloon and they said you could, you could launch a balloon in a balloon and be able to steer it, you know? And if I take that idea and I say, I can steer it and I'm going to steer it this way, it's still kind of a ripoff, even though my way is different. Steering a balloon using air is, is the generic idea. So I think it's tough to have those ideas and not trample on somebody's thought process. Um, do I think they're completely altruistic? No. I, I, I've seen enough of the head hunting there and stuff that, you know, they're definitely after the bottom line and they try to use some altruistic means to get there. Um, but I don't think they're, a, I don't think they're out to control that information but I also think when you get a company that large that it's hard not to be politically involved in, in steering policy. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a tough one. I, I think they're better than some other companies and probably worse than some. Name them. Well, I mean, any, any of the, the internet companies have got to be suspect, right? Anytime Microsoft we're sending all of our data through somebody else's infrastructure, it's temptation. Right. Come on, man. If somebody was funneling $10 million through your bank account every day, you couldn't tell me you might want to buy a Frappuccino once in a while on their dime. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't know, man. And and then when you get a company that big, they, they can steer policy. And I mean, it's the same thing with, with politicians, right? They're there mm-hmm. for themselves and not anyone else. So, right. yeah, I, I, I don't trust anybody. Okay. I, I, yeah, for sure. But I, I, I don't really have the insight to the rest of Google. So, Do you have a Google Pixel phone? I did. I actually had two of them for a long time. And okay. I turned my company one and kept my other one. But uh, I've moved on to Samsung. But, I, you know, I got Google Home, man. <laughs> People so worried about privacy, right? They're going to put a chip in me and track me. Motherfucker, you're on Facebook checking in everywhere you go. They don't need that, okay? You're a creature <laughs> of habit. We know where you are every day at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, but right. I, I, we know what coffee shop you go to. We know who you're going to go hang out with after this. Yeah. Everybody's talking about what Google knows. Man, if Google knows anything there, that might have been me. Um, I, I have no secrets, man. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can know whatever they want to know. And if they right. want to sell that data, sell that data. Yeah. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I'm not doing any bad shit. I'm not. Yeah. No. I'm not robbing anyone. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, now when I get my, you know, heroin ring up and running and maybe maybe that would i'd have to scale heroin back ring. a little bit you know cocaine whatever okay. whatever pays the bills you know i'm, I'm, a, I'm a family guy i, I, I think coke might table. pay the bills a little bit better than heroin <laughs> i think i'll re- return customers i got a neighbor well. selling meth i could probably go there and see what their business model looks like 
<laughs> if my realtor's listening, I did not say that. Right, yeah. F- full disclosure, full disclosure. One more thing, man, about this Google thing, then we can move on. Because you were, like you said, not in the building in Mountain View and stuff like that, but you were around it. Do they really alter certain searches? Do they really sit there and, if I want to look up some shit about Trump, do they block out all the websites that will show, quote-unquote, full context and just show you the bullshit? Like, they're bringing rapists, they're bringing drugs over the... Like, shit like that. Does Google really do that stuff? You know, I can't answer that with any sort of authority because I have no idea, but um, if it were to come out, it wouldn't shock me. Okay. I, I mean, again, they're politically motivated as much as a large conglomerate could be. Okay. Right. So they're they're looking out for their best interest, and they're a left leaning company. They're going to do what they can to support the left leaning right up to the very edge of the law. And sometimes people don't know where that edge is, and they step over. So no doubt, no no doubt that there's if the organization isn't doing it, I'm sure there's individuals that can provide that influence. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I'll tell you what, when you do go down to the, when we were in Mountain View, so I worked for, uh, it was actually called Google X, and they call it the Moonshots Division, and the guy that runs it is Astro Teller, that's not his real name, uh, Astro's not. So his grandfather was was one of the developers of the bomb. So talk about having to live up like, to your, your like, family. Uh, like Fat Man and Little Boy, like those bombs? Or? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, the big light, yeah. Um. So, yeah, there, there's a, a name that, but I'm telling you, you go in there, man, people riding around on electric scooters and one wheels, and I never saw Astro Teller not in rollerblades every day. That's, he just, that's how he got around the buildings, rollerblades. Huh. So a very, very fun company, it seems like. A very, is it, is it laid back? I mean, how is, like, just the environment? Do you walk in there and everyone's like, you got to get some fucking work done? Or no. is it just like, hey, man, like, whenever you can get to that, let me know. You know we can bring in, da, da, da. Like, how does it go? All open bullpen seating. Um we had our own assigned desk for a while. There's conference rooms, there's phone rooms, there's little miniature shipping containers with like couches. You can go in and shut the door and take a nap. Wow. Um, there's robots. Like, uh, <laughs> I'll never forget the one time I was walking back. This is when I got converted. I had to go back and sign my onboarding paperwork. And uh, it's a three-story building. At the back staircase, there's a robot going down the stairs. And I was just like a full biped robot with no head. And I'm just looking at it. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And then Astro looks over at me. I was like, well, got to go. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know if we were supposed to be oh, seeing that. Um, but it is literally a two-legged robot going up and down the stairs. And they had robots that would come around and clean your desk. And I mean, they, no pictures. You know, you can't take pictures indoors oh, or any of that stuff. Of course not. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, let me tell you, I'm a fat guy through and through restaurants, man. <laughs> That'll blow your mind. So I think campus had at that time like 26 restaurants. And, what was your favorite? Uh, you know, I'm not one for traveling, so I kind of stuck to our little hippie vegan. It was very way healthy food. It was not great. Uh, hmm. But there's one that called it, uh, what's it called? Tech Corners, best burgers ever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you just go in, you order. Most of it's cafeteria style, and then you just sit down. But it's all like you don't pay for it; you just get up and leave. And it was a little bit, a little bit weird at first. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And you're never more than I think they say 300 feet from a micro kitchen. So there's food and snacks 300 feet of everybody on campus. Okay. Yeah, they have their own healthcare facilities. It, 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 it's ridiculous. If I had more than 20 minutes to spare before I got to get out of here. 30 minutes, I would love to talk about these fucking robots. Robots <laughs> walk around and clean your desk, and yeah. you can't take pictures of them? 
Right? Yeah, they weren't like full-on biped robots. Those were little rolling ones. But, yeah, they'd come by and you just put your trash on the corner and they'd take it and sort your recycling. Do you say hello? Do they talk back? I mean, I don't no, understand. So they're, they're going around and there's an operator behind them just, you know, making sure that they don't take over the world or whatever with a little iPad or whatever, Android tablet. And they're walking behind because it's all development, right? So they're not like full full built. They're not like the iRobot where they're smarter than us and... Not yet. <laughs> Do you think robots are smarter than us right now? Like, how long ago did you leave Google? Uh, I left in 2019. So two oh, so, so not long at all. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, man, they're definitely going to get smarter than us this uh, decade. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> they're going to take well, over this Well, have you seen the people? I mean, it, it's, it's robots are getting smarter and people are getting dumber. I mean, right. I think it's a natural... It's going to happen. Right. It's going to happen. <laughs> iRobot was, was some real shit. All right, man. So I want to ask you, why in the hell do you own four businesses at once? What was the desire for that? Was it by accident? I mean, you say you stumble upon these things and yeah. you get great deals. Is that really what it's all about? I'll tell you what, if, if I had the answer to that, my wife would sleep better at night. Uh, so the trophy store we found by accident, um, one of the things that we did, uh, my daughter and I uh, did on weekends was play pool. We bought a pool table for our house. So we came in and uh, I wanted a trophy. I figured if anything ever happened, I was in a high risk job. We're dealing with pressurized gas. I travel a lot. You know, we're, we're recovering balloons in the middle of the desert. Anything could happen. So I said, I want something that if anything ever happened, she could take it and have a memento. So we came in to buy a trophy. And uh, the gentleman, Randy, that we bought the store from, you know, he, I said, I need a tournament trophy for pool tournament. He's like, just one. I was like, yeah. He's like, they don't usually just get one. I was like, I understand, but here's what it is. And I explained to him, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I thought about, you know, slowing down, becoming a family guy myself. And I was like, cool, man, when can I get my trophy? And so we came back in a week, we got our trophy, <laughs> and it still didn't click. And it must have been two weeks after that, just like that light bulb came on. I was like, honey, have you ever thought of owning a trophy store? She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, remember when you said that? So we came back, and he's like, no, it's absolutely not for sale. And we, we started the discussion, and it took a while. We actually started speaking to him, I think, in July. He asked my wife to work there part-time in October to learn the business, and we bought it in February. But it took a lot, and there's a whole backstory there with uh, somebody that worked for him that screwed him over pretty bad and started a, his own shop. And so he was a little hesitant to let us in. But we, we found it by accident. Uh, my wife ran that while I worked at Google. And then uh, we we tried to get my my best friend to buy the – call him my brother, you know, buy the escape rooms because he, he worked in a job that we didn't feel treated him well. And uh, he said, no, nah, I'm just really not interested in working for myself. All right, cool. And we offered help finance and everything. And so we kind of let that go. That was in January. And then uh, in June, July, I guess it was July, just looked up the website for the escape rooms. And it, it said, we're closing on the 15th, everything. You can come in on the 20th and buy whatever you want. So this was last year, right? Real this quick. was 19. 2019. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So then I reached out to the Facebook page and said, hey, man, you still want to sell? And, you know, it was Ricky. And he writes back, he's like, yeah, I do, but this is wrong with it. This needs replaced. This is an issue. And I was like, you're not selling yourself very well right now. <laughs> um, but he, he told me what the price was, and I, we sat and talked about it, and we said, I think we can make this work. And uh, our, we had never done an escape room. We knew nothing about it. But our thought process was Reading doesn't have a lot of entertainment. Right. So if we can make this work, it'll be good. Now, we did this thinking that the employee, who was an amazing employee, Alec, if you ever hear this, dude, I'm going to tell you, you made an impression. Um, we kind of thought he was staying with the business, and it was not until we were in the process of moving the business over that he's like, oh, no, I'm going to college. Mm. So then we had this, you know, come to Jesus moment, so to speak, where we said, okay, we're either going to shutter the business and only be open on Saturdays and Sundays, or 
I'm going to quit working for the largest tech company in the world. And uh, at that time, honestly, I'd taken three months leave and uh, ended up going back to work with a service dog and, and then went back for three weeks and just decided, you know what, this isn't, this isn't what I want anymore. You know, three months of being home every day and seeing my kids and going to their games, you realize that travel just isn't at any cost is not worth it. So I uh, went to work on a Wednesday, got to Susanville, texted my boss that, Hey, you got a minute to chat. I'd only been back two weeks. And uh, so he gets a conference room and he gets in the meeting with me. He's like, Hey man, I know you're just going back to work. Everything. Okay. Like, is, is there any issues? I was like, no man, everything's going great. He's like, cool. What's up? I was like, I quit. Mm. He's like, you, you what? I was like, I quit. He's like, what's going on? I was like, well, just taking another opportunity. And now that I've been back for a couple of weeks, I just realized I don't want to do this. He's like, all right, when's your last day? I was like, well, it's Wednesday. Um, Friday. Friday will be my last day. And, I, you know, I, I I say that with humor, but I wasn't fully integrated back in with the team. So if I was going to quit, I had to do it quick enough that they didn't miss me, so right. to speak. Right. Um, so I went out Friday, <laughs> did our safety brief in the morning, and, you know, the, the launch commander, which is a job that I had done before I took my leave, and uh, he said, anybody have anything? I was like, yeah, you know, hey, guys, if, if I have any documents that you regularly use, let me know. I have to transfer ownership because I'm uh, Friday is my last day, and, like, the whole room's like, ha, 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 I was like, no, I, I, I quit. And we, everybody quit jokes about quitting. Like, oh, this is my last week. I'm not, I'm not coming back. And th- they were a little shocked that I was legitimately not coming back. So then I worked from home the next week doing my uh, expense reports and stuff. And then I just FedExed my laptop to Mountain View and called it a day. So we fell into that one. Um, and that was a good experience. We learned a lot. Oh, God, did we learn a lot. And then... Uh, Box escape rooms kind of came as a spinoff. We wanted two different locations and we wanted to rebrand because we were getting confused uh, between us and the other company in town. So we were going to have two locations and we built this one out slowly. And then uh, when the virus hit, we couldn't support both. So we chose the new one and shut down the old one. Okay. And then uh, crisiscups.com, which has kind of been left on the back burner for a while. That started uh, when the COVID hit. They shut us down. The only thing we could take home was our mug press and our cups. So we went home and started making coffee cups on our pool table. And uh, we decided to do it for the community. And we took every dollar we earned from crisis, from the coffee cups and we put them back into the uh, community. Um, helped our friends pay rent for their business. We, we were giving out gift cards, whatever we could do. Now, I do qualify that and say if I'd have known that this would have drug out this long, I may not have been as generous um, because we have to look out for ourselves. But right. no regrets, no regrets. We did great work with it, and it was it was awesome to do that. Um, but Crisis Cups kind of came up because there's I have a little bit of a raw sense of humor, and my wife's not as not not uh, not of the same bend. So there's stuff that I like to sell that she says we shouldn't have available to the public. So that's where I put the stuff that may not be appropriate for the trophy store. What's like the nastiest cup, like saying or or, or the most? Well, you know, it's it's subtle humor. I won't say nasty. We had a lot that were uh, poking fun at the virus, regardless of how you feel about it. Humor is a coping mechanism, um, and we got that question from Mike Mangus. He came out and interviewed us and was like, "Really? Are people going to be offended?" And I said, "Humor is a coping mechanism. If they're offended, they're offended. I can't, you know, that's not my problem." Um, but we didn't set out to offend everybody. But I, you know, I got one in the shop right now. That my wife hates it's. Got a really cute floral design. If you looked at it from a distance, you'd be like, oh, that's a grandma cup. And then you get up and it just says, consume a satchel of Richard's. 
or, you know, eat a bag of dicks. Mm, so okay. Gotcha. That kind of stuff, you know, a little gotcha. more raw humor that my wife's not a fan of, but she lets me, she lets me put some up. She, she lets you cook. She lets you do. Yeah. Thing. She lets me do, but she prefers I post them elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite business to run, man? If you had to choose one, like if someone's like, Hey man, I'll buy you out from the other three. You get to keep one of your choice. You know, my wife loves the tanning salon. She works there. She does a great job. Um, so I'd never ask her to give that up. But I, I tell you what, if I could do full time and not worry about the other businesses, I'd keep the escape room. Really? And I, I, there's just a creative element to it that you, you don't get anywhere else. Like, I love to be creative. And I say that the trophy store allows me to be creative within guidelines of the customer. So they come in and they say, this is what I wanted to say. And then I get to add embellishments and, you know, maybe color or whatever. Uh, but the escape room, I mean, they, it's limitless. I mean, you can do almost anything and seeing people come in and play your game and be like, Oh my God, that's awesome. You can't, you don't get that feeling. You know, people come into the awards start like, Oh, that came out really nice. I like it. But that raw, genuine, like amusement park moment that you see in escape rooms. So you can't beat that anywhere. Yeah. So I would, if I could dedicate it full time and just build escape rooms, I'd do that. What was the biggest challenge of last year, 2020? What was your biggest challenge for you to overcome? Business-wise, it had to be just surviving. I mean, we, we had the other escape rooms, and they were locked up for nine months. I mean, there was just no way to keep it going. And even this one, without a great landlord, we wouldn't have survived this one either. I think the, um, the uncertainty. I mean, because even, even when you're making it, you're not sure how long you're making it. And I think most businesses, even the ones that were doing well, are like, okay, where's the other shoe? You know, it's going to drop. I think probably the uncertainty of, of success and, you know, we bought the tanning salon in the middle of the pandemic. Oh, really? Yeah, we, we started talking to her in February. Then the shutdown came in March and we stepped away. Then they opened back up and she said, were you still interested? And we were a little hesitant. And then we just YOLO'd it and said, screw it. Let's do it. <laughs> YOLO'd I, it. I'm telling you, but my daughter loves that, dude. Because like, we'll be at the trophy store. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And she's like, YOLO. And you just hit the button. Like, all right, let's let sparks fly, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I think uncertainty is probably the biggest one. Yeah. No, I, I hear that. What comes next for you, man? What's next? You got four businesses. You got the podcast going. What comes next? I mean, do you want to make more connects in writing? Do you want to expand? I mean, is this where you're going to be forever? I mean, people never say ever, but what's well, next? I, I'm headed towards my goal of Joe's Trophy Shop, Tanning Salon, Escape Room, Oil, Change, and Tire Rotation, Mini Mart. Uh, hmm. No, I think we're done buying businesses, and that's my wife's choice. Um <laughs> yeah I, I did try to buy a coffee shop not long ago and and she said no um, she said no before i even asked i was my part-time employee at the shop used to work for this coffee shop i was like hey did you know she's selling it and in the back of the room you just hear my wife go no so no more businesses uh, but we're expanding the escape rooms where we're you know we only have one up right now and that's a, a byproduct of running four businesses with two people um, but we're we're slowing down a bit. It's it's our slow season at the trophy store and at the tanning salon. I do have a part time guy now. And my daughter's out of school, so she can help. Uh, but the goal is to build up the escape rooms, and then we we are going to have a hopefully in the next three or so weeks an announcement about the escape rooms that should generate some some interest. So we're excited about that. A anything you want to break on the Blake Mayfield podcast? No, no. I'll have you back when we when we do break it. Okay, um, but. All right. uh, yeah, we're 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 dealing with some logistic issues uh, nationwide, but once we get that figured out, um, yeah, I'm excited about what it'll what it'll do. Okay, is that I don't know if I'm asking too much. Is that what this building is? 
That is the that, secret lair that nobody knows where we are right now. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying there's no so video like, here. So we yeah. did expand. We took over the space. Uh, we told the landlord we wanted it. You know, I licked the wall and said it's mine. You know, and <laughs> hey, we didn't know that the company that was here was going to move. You know, leave so quickly. Uh, yeah, and especially in the middle of a pandemic. So the landlord came over and said, "Do you want it?" I was like, "I, oh, man, I really, really do." I was like, "But I can't." He's like, "All right, I wanna, I'm going to work a deal for you. You're going to make some improvements. I'll give you a few months." to get everything up and running. And so we took it over, I think in February and now we're paying rent on it. Um, I still don't have my income stream for this place yet, but we're working on that. Uh, but yeah, so it worked out really well and we were expanding here. Um, and I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be pretty popular, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go back to the podcast real quick to end this off. Four guys on a Saturday and it's every Monday at 5 PM on Facebook live. What are some guests that are going to be coming on? Any big name guests? Any Mike Mangus type guys? I mean, are, are you guys going to invite in Mike. some, some business owners? I mean, <laughs> I, I know you guys love bullshit, man. I would love to hear like some business talk. I would love to hear some shit like, you know, I, I, I know me and Troy sometimes talk about just like the vigors of it. I'm sure you go through the same thing. Like, I want to hear about the struggle. Yeah, everyone always talks about the highs. I would like to hear about the lows of certain stuff, just so it's like a learning curve and stuff like that. I've actually considered a a second podcast just for the business stuff. Cause I, we know some amazing business owners and, and I'm not sure that the two mix well, right? Because you're going to have a lot of people like, you know, look at me. I do worry about the impact of what I say on my business, you know? And I think you almost have to draw that line and say, maybe that there's a space for that, but maybe this isn't the podcast for that. I'd love to have some people on there, but I, I think the, the four guys podcast more leans towards backyard over a beer kind of, kind of bullshit talk you know, a little more raw. And I, and I know a fair amount of business owners that just wouldn't sign on to that. If they, if they'd heard a few episodes, they'd be like, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in that fray. You know? So I think, I, I think having a, a business, I don't even necessarily a podcast, but like a informational kind of situation would be great. I think it'd be great for a lot of people. And I know a ton of people that could offer a lot of information. So it's definitely something that, you know, <laughs> I'm not doing this Sherry. Okay. Okay, just if you're listening, I'm not doing it. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I so <laughs> once we have the studio set up, if I could set a time up for people to come in and, you know, it's not just about the podcast, but I, you know, I own four businesses, but I am far from the most knowledgeable business owner. You know, again, it's that s the smartest person in the room theory. People come in, man, if they're in here for an hour and I, I get three minutes of knowledge out of that, it's a win. Is Troy the smartest guy in the room then? When it comes to business, I'm, I'm not going to give him that. I'm not. <laughs> he wants it Troy, so bad, I love you, bro. But <laughs> he, he wants us so bad. <laughs> we might have to take some IQ tests. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe Troy will take an IQ test and end up in Mensa or something. You know, yeah. Who knows? I, you know, he'd be a good wise, guess. I mean, he's amazing. I feel like uh, his buddy Ron would be a good guess, man. I don't know if you ever met Ron before. I don't think I know Ron. Yeah, he used to run Winco. I, I don't know how long he ran it for, but Troy always tells me they sold the most Shasta Cola of any store west of the Mississippi. Not Winco, any fucking store. He always makes that the point. He always, yeah, and, and just, you know, the, the restaurant stuff, I mean, they do great. And, yeah, man, I, I feel like he'd be really... Really good in here, personally. He's he's a good guy to talk to. Good good uh, knowledge. I feel like I met oh, yeah. him once at Troy's place, and and it was it was cool to hear stories and stuff about Y two K and telling Budweiser to get the all your fucking beer out of my store. And then as soon as all the beer is out of the store, he says, "Put it back." <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I don't know if you ever heard that story. Those are my people right there. And, uh, <laughs> I tell you, we have so many unsung heroes, and I, I don't necessarily say hero, but there's so much amazing 
examples in our community that just people don't know about. Right. And, you know, I don't know how long I knew of Troy before I knew Troy. And Robert's another one, man. Like, he, it's not just the beard, man. That guy is a hustler. Like, that guy started United Shasta, has an amazing team behind him, and I have seen him literally drop everything to go build a ramp for an elderly person. And those are the people that you, you're not seeing, you know, on the news every night or you're not seeing get those kudos. And, and I'm telling you that the entire community is riddled with those people. And we can't let ourselves see what's happening in the news and say, oh, man, we're going to hell. Man, the, the people that we have out here hustling and doing good things for the community and then the younger people I see, don't discount the younger people, man. I see a whole generation of amazing people coming up. And there's there's definitely some that are bad examples. But I think we'll be okay. And, uh, you know, you're right, though. You see people like I don't, I don't know Ron, but he sounds like an amazing guy. And like, how many people don't know him? You know what I'm saying? And right, yeah, yeah. The Budweiser story, being is. in the right place at the right time to meet some of these <laughs> amazing people. I mean, it right. really is. So, and you're telling me, dude, I did not think walking into a pizza parlor three months ago, I would get an interview, a bunch of free shit because I did an interview. Everyone will be wearing my hat, and then I get a job there. I just didn't, you know. You never know. That's the best part about life. That's the best part about these opportunities is that. You know, I've, I've been here three times already on, on your podcast, and it's like I came the one time. I thought we'd be here for an hour. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like you just never know, and that's the best part about all of this. You know, I'm, I'm having a good year, man. I hope you are as well. Absolutely. Um, one last thing, and then we'll get out of here. When is this podcast studio going to open? Are you thinking August, July, September? I mean. I, I'd like to have it um, by the end of July, hopefully. Uh, um, we've got some more improvements to make to the space. Uh, and some cleanup and then I've got to get it built into my booking system um, but I, I would like to say the end of July depending on how busy the trophy store is because I, I run that pretty much solo uh, my wife's there an hour hour or two in the morning and then my daughter that when she's available uh, but it's just a matter of finding time but I, I would like to have it bookable by the end of July okay Awesome. Well, you know me, dude. I will be hitting you up for, for some sessions and stuff like that, and maybe even beforehand because I'm a fucking weasel, and I try and get my <laughs> way no matter what. But uh, I appreciate your time, works. dude. I appreciate, I appreciate your time it. a lot. Yeah, this is very fun. And, and thank you for inviting me in on the podcast and, and for showing up today. I know you're super fucking busy. So <laughs> I well, appreciate for it. having me. This has been a blast. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And we'll do this again, 100%. Yeah, for sure. When, when you have good. your announcement or when we get everyone back in here. I want to do one with Robert. I didn't realize he does United Shasta and stuff uh, like that. That guy so. is Mr. United Shasta. I mean, that, he, he's just a good guy. Don't let his gruff exterior fool you. The guy's all heart. It's always like the the hardest looking guys that got the softest heart, they say. Right, so, right. yeah, for sure. <laughs> thanks for coming on, Joe. I appreciate it, man. All right, thanks for having me. If you guys have made it this far, thank you for listening. I appreciate it very much. I'll be back here pretty soon. Uh, if I don't see you guys, I'll hear you guys from... If I don't hear from you guys, sorry, before the 4th of July, have a great Independence Day holiday weekend, and we will see you guys later. Bye-bye.